You are tuning in to the human side of engineering and product development podcast brought to you by Sarah Tech, where we bring you industry leaders and some of the brightest minds in engineering solutions and product development. I'm Andy Dio, your host. Join me as we discover the inspiring stories of the people behind the most innovative and game-changing solutions in the market today. So tune in and enjoy. Good morning, Saeed, and welcome to our podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Andy. Thank you for inviting me. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing well. I'm doing well for Friday. (laughs) Uh, So I've I've been excited to talk to you. Um, You know, you you have a very interesting story, and your family is amazing. Your family is like the who's who's of, you know, the world. Your father uh, was a professor at the uh, University of North Carolina, right? Um, and yes. your brother is uh, uh, an ENT surgeon. And then you have another brother who's a neurologist. So coming from yep. such, and, and you are literally a rocket scientist. You have a, a PhD uh, in structural engineering and optimization from Duke. You have a, you know, tons of degrees from Purdue in, in uh, mechanical and civil engineering. Um, so was there a lot of pressure on you growing up in such a, 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 an accomplished family to, to get into engineering? How did you get into engineering? Well, I, I I knew I wanted to be an engineer from a from a very early age. I I, I remember in uh, sixth grade uh, that uh, I, I started building model airplanes, balsa wood, and and uh, and and my parents were very supportive. I think you know they 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 didn't pressure me as much as I they see. supported me, um, and um, you know they they gave they, they helped me. They nurtured my my goals and ambitions and they supported in, in those directions. And I think that's really, uh, was a key to it was their nurturing as opposed to their pushing. Um, you know, my, my mom was also a, uh, uh, an instructor of oh, wow. North Carolina too. So, so I think we had just, you know, good role models. They, they, uh, they really showed us the, the power of education. They showed us the, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the thrill of, of being good and, and driving your own self, uh, as opposed to them pushing us to be somebody, uh, we, we pushed ourselves to be somebody. Now I, I you know, I, uh, you're right about, uh, you know, my degree and, and engineering and, and I, you know, I, I know my, my, my brothers may listen to this, so it's, it's unfortunate they couldn't be engineers. They ended up being <laughs> doctors. Uh, <laughs> I always tease them about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're doing okay. No, yeah. we, we have. A... They, well, <laughs> some of them because they're doctors, but there may still be paying off student loans right now. <laughs> they can yeah. apply for the, the student right. loan forgiveness program. <laughs> That's right. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to say about my my dad too, since you asked about that, was that um, you know he he. Uh, he grew up in, in, in Iran and uh, his father died when he was like 12 or 13. And, and he ended up being yeah. the head of household. He was the oldest amongst wow. about seven kids. And, um, 
you know, he, uh, he had a huge value for education at a very young age and tried to, uh, you know, encourage his siblings to do the same. Some did, some didn't. And, uh, but you know, he, he's really a self-made man. He grew that family his his you know, his father's family, you know, his mom back in Iran in those days, there wasn't a whole lot of social security or things like that to yeah. help families like that. So he really, he was really the, the guy. And then, uh, uh, he did so well that uh, at an early age, his mid-20s, he landed with a scholarship coming to the United States and got his Ph.D. And, you know, he, he, he uh, you know, when he passed away five years ago, he, he did so uh, very accomplished, very accomplished, both uh, family as well as education, as well as financially. everything. So truly a, a great I story. Mean, I mean, I think he, he did a, an amazing job to, to be head of the household at that young an age. And, and know and to be driven yep. and and you know he has obviously very successful children um so yeah absolutely i i think i think your father was an amazing man and and your whole family is amazing actually yeah so uh pretty cool well, i you. mean thank pretty you. cool yeah you know <laughs> yeah. so uh good you and your brothers did you guys ever think about hey you know we're pretty smart guys. You know, we know what we're doing. Why don't we start a company together? Did you ever think about something like that? Well, I don't remember ever having a conversation with them saying we're pretty <laughs> smart guys. I think most of the conversations we ever had were, you know, the way brothers have, you know, we were, we, we, we I mean, we, we, there was a lot of love in our family. We, we, we loved each other tremendously. And, and, uh, and supported each other. But we also were brothers and, you know, we goofed off and sure. did crazy things sure. what brothers do. And, um, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, we had probably as many conversations of let's go start a business as any family or any, any group of kids would have. I mean, um, and uh, I, I actually, my, my first business was actually when I was a, um, uh, a sophomore, I think in high school, okay. in, in college. And where I had a little construction really? company. Wow. And uh, it was really more of a, you know, a handyman yeah. kind of a company. And there, you know, I didn't have a contractor's license. So I probably <laughs> shouldn't say construction. It was more yeah. of a handyman. So I, I, uh, I ended up going around the neighborhood helping people fix things. And uh, I, I developed a, a very good reputation of being able to fix things that were very difficult to fix. And people weren't able to fix them. Like I remember this one lady had, she had a, uh, a built-in grill and the uh, the hood of her grill was broken that one of the hinges were. And uh, so she wanted me to research removing that grill, buying her brand new grill and installing it. And this was, you know, probably at that time, yeah. you know, a thousand dollars was a lot of money back in, you know, back in that day. And, um, and I took a look at it and I said, well, I, I think I can fix this. She goes, fix it. How are you going to fix it? And so I, well, I said, if I can fix it for you, uh, you know, how about a flat fee of 50 bucks? And she goes, if you can fix this for 50 bucks, do it. And, uh, and I just found another meaty location to, uh, to drill a hole and tap it and put a screw in. And, uh, and I did that. And, um, you know, half hour later, an hour later, I had the thing fixed and she looked at it. And she, 
pulled out 50 <laughs> bucks and gave it to me and said, I got a bunch more things I want you to do. But she was ready to spend a thousand dollars to go do that. So I, I had all sorts of things like that, you know, where one guy, his roof was like drooping and falling. And um, his name was, uh, well, I don't, you probably shouldn't say his name, but he, but he was a very nice, he was, he was a yeah. community doctor in our, in our community. And, um, and I, I said, hey, how about if I fix this roof for you? And he said, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I, I can do it. You know, it'll probably take me about, you know, half a day labor to do it. And, um, and he goes, if you can do it, have at it. So, so I, uh, what I ended up doing was I got my car jacked and I jacked up that corner of his roof, reset the four by four that he'd actually backed a truck <laughs> into and knocked the four by four out. <laughs> so I jacked up his roof, reset the four by four where it ought to go. And I had actually, uh, there were some bricks underneath that he'd busted up too. So I fixed all those and called it a day. And, um, it was, that was really all it took. I hope you charged you know, him more than 50 and, bucks. And, and, he, no, I charged him half a day of labor. I don't remember what it was at the time, but, but it, it was, it was like, he came out, you know, I knocked the door and he came back out to see if I had any questions or something. And I said, all done. He goes, what? <laughs> he looked over there. His roof was all good. So I, I had a lot of little things like that, that I did. I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I, I built people porches and, and, and I did some concrete. I mean, I, there weren't all jobs right. like that. There were right. a lot of them. I, I actually lost my shirt on, but, but most of them were pr pretty fun and it was just being creative at a, at a young age and, uh, you know, doing things that, uh, surprised and yeah. delighted people. And it was fun. It was always fun. And, and the, the, those people always referred me to others. That's how I, I always That's got the best way, isn't that. it? When you have a, a happy yeah. and satisfied customer and yeah. they refer you to, to someone else, that's, those are always the best customers yeah. and, and the best, the best marketing you can do actually. So, yeah. so you've Absolutely. always had an interest Absolutely. in fixing, building, making things and, it's natural for you to to go into engineering, but you also work at some very uh, high profile company, Boeing, Ford. Um, at some point, you transitioned from being an engineer, a doer, a maker into management. Did you like that? I mean, it's a natural progression uh, in your career path, but did you prefer that or, or did you really love being a builder better? You know, that's a great question, Andy. That really is a great question. I I miss being technical as much as I used to be. As a matter of fact, when, you know, some of our staff bring me technical questions, yeah. I get excited. You know, like, oh, good. Here's, here's a good nature. one. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, the, well, it, unfortunately, I don't remember half the things I used to. So uh, I, I, I don't know if I can participate as well, but I, I really get excited when my team brings me technical things. But, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I, um, I started my career on the space shuttle program with Rockwell International and I stayed technical for the first 10 years and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, and um, I, you know, but I, I was at, at, towards the end of that, towards the end of that 10 year period, I was on the vehicle anomaly uh -huh. resolution team where, you know, there was issues with the, uh, the shuttle or something, you know, they weren't able to take off because of yeah. something that happened. I was usually, I was one that, I was a structural person that was usually called in, but we had material people, we had system people, we had propulsion people, but I was a structures guy. I, I absolutely loved it. It was always 
figuring out, you know, right. solving something that, you know, nobody knew uh, what was wrong, what happened, how did it happen? You know, the fleet was grounded or, or, or things couldn't happen. So it, it was always very exciting. And it was, um, you know, uh, it wasn't a nine to five job. I remember doing, you know, all nighters yeah. just to make sure that, you know, this thing was right and they could get going. So it, it to me, that, that was a thrill. That was, that was very yeah. exhilarating. But, you know, I, I, um, when I did my PhD, I did it in optimization. And optimization is a, um, you know, if, if you're doing mathematical programming, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just a giant loop. And it's about, you know, your design versus the analysis and just going back and forth between design and analysis until you converge upon a, uh, upon a solution. Now, in, in real life, um, the design problem is what's called multimodal. In other words, you can, cons- you can, you can get a local optimization, but you may not be getting a global optimization. Um, and there it could be many, many, it's called many multimodal because it has many different modes, uh, uh, peaks and valleys. Um, but if you take that mathematical programming environment and you now dissect it and put people in the middle of it, it becomes really much slower uh, because not that people are, well, people aren't as fast as computers sure. in a lot of things, but, but the point is that information needs to flow from person to person, from department to department, from team to team. And that flow of information was always very difficult. Sometimes, you know, I remember back in the shuttle program, you know, we did a complete analysis with the oh, wrong no. loads and we had to go back and get the brand new loads, do that whole analysis. And back in those days, again. did you have to use, so there, uh, you know, cards and you don't have fancy computers like you did today? Yeah, we, we had a lot of, you know, the, those, those, uh, those card readers at the, you know, the IBM machine, you know, if you guys remember <laughs> yeah. those, reading all those cards and my God, the poor guy that dropped oh. his cards all of a sudden got them all out of order. And it, it was, it was, it, yeah, that was my day. And then being able to watch the cursor go up and down the screen. Oh my God. That was like so exciting when you could finally use a monitor and then you could move the cursor, not only horizontally and type things, but you could actually go up and down on your screen. You know, that was, Oh my God. You know? So yeah, those, those were my days. Yeah. So communication was, was, uh, um, I mean, to redo something was a lot of work. Yeah. Moving, Moving data, making sure the data was accurate, going from place to place. Better than most people back in those days, you were technical, but you also spent a lot of time being the data manager of a particular area. And you weren't really managing the, you know, the data per se, but the data was within your domain. And you, you had to make sure that that, you know, that landing gear strut, you were, the, you were the guy. And so new loads came in or new things came in you knew exactly how to handle that landing gear strut. Um, and, and so that's the way careers yeah. evolved a little bit. Uh, but now that, you know, we have the computer, we've removed ourselves from being data right. managers as much. Uh, we're more about those, the process management and being able to move information from team to team and making sure the information moves fast, accurately, the right, you know, the right data, uh, the right formats, all those things. That now becomes you know, a, a much bigger challenge. And when, when I was starting to do this in the early nineties, you know, I developed, you know, different methodologies, different, I mean, there's, 
there's there's both uh, social dynamics as well as technical dynamics to getting this yeah. sort of thing done. And I started mastering both. And uh, because of that, I grew in the in the uh, in, in the management yeah. areas, and I quickly was overwhelmed by all the management stuff I was doing. And uh, I slowly was giving up more and more of my yeah. technical background and becoming more and more of a manager. And actually, by the time that you met me in year 2000, almost, which was yeah, 22 amazing, years ago, right? Andy, almost exactly to the day, because I, I joined AES leaving Boeing in late uh, 2000, year two, or was it late? No, late yes, 1999. I remember. It was yep. late 99. And uh, so it's 23 years. So, because right now it's late uh, yes. 2022. So, uh, so it's been a while. But anyway, when I when I left Boeing and joined AES at that time, I was probably still somewhat technical, but uh, I'd given up a lot of my technical. I was mainly in management, and uh, joined yeah. AES as yeah. you remember as the VP of engineering, and, uh, and then later for Ford and stuff. So, and then in 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 uh, evolving Saratech, it's just been been mainly an entrepreneur person and growing the team and developing a team. And most teams don't like to be quote micromanaged. And, uh, and part of micromanaging is not demonstrating you, you have the answer. You have to let people come up yeah. with their own answer. And I think that, um, you know, uh, uh, being able to hold your tongue and let people come up with their own answers is, is quite often, um, a, a difficult thing to do, but you have to do that if you want people to for feel sure, empowered. For sure. Now, let's let's go back to something that you said just a few seconds ago. You, and, and I think it, it's a great story, and, and I often talk to people about it. Um, can you tell us your story of when you decided to leave Ford and came back to California to start Saratech and what was the genesis of all that? And what was, what was behind that story? How, how did, what, what was the, what was the, the why that pushed you to, to, you know, leave a, 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 a nice high paying job with a prestigious company to go and venture something out on your own? Another great question. So when, you know, I'm, I'm living in Southern California as you do. And, um, you know, Ford Motor Company was courting me to go to, to uh, Michigan. Um, by the way, I, I, I loved Michigan. I loved my time there and uh, uh, really enjoyed the, uh, the Ford Motor Company a lot. I, I, I've been so lucky. Every place I've gone, I've really loved the people I've, I've been with and enjoyed it. I, I think it's part of the reason people can be successful is if you really find a way to enjoy what you're doing, both what you're doing and with the people you're doing it, your, your career is going to be much better than if you're constantly complaining about things and, you know, complaining about people. So I, I find delivering that positivity is, is also an important, you know, finding the positivity and sticking with the positive stories. But anyway, um, I, uh, you know, when I was being courted by Ford, I actually kept saying, no, I was yeah. not going to go to, to Ford. And the, the people that were interviewing me and courting me, they kept uh, making the, um, the offer richer and richer to a point where my sign-on bonus was huge. My salary was great. Made you an offer you couldn't refuse? And <laughs> there you go. Took the words out of my mouth. 
<laughs> but but it it, it was it, it was interesting because my my wife and I kept saying you know no we're not going to go do this but um, and, and I I had actually uh, back when I was with MSC I had actually started Saratech in concept but did not did not yeah. start the company um, I actually incorporated in 2002 which was the same year that I went to Ford. So uh, we already had the plans to kind of begin this company. And, and then I just put that whole plan on, on hold. I kept the corporate, um, uh, I, I kept the corporation and just let it, um, you know, let it ride. And then I went to, and I went to Ford. Uh, Ford was fantastic. Um, great company, great people. But my very first day that I was there, you know, the, uh, the executive uh, who had hired me said, uh, you have to lay oh, off gosh. 10 people today. And I like, well, I hadn't even seen my office yet. And, um, and uh, it was, it was very tough to hear sure. that. And, uh, and then it was very tough to continuously be, I mean, when Ford started negotiating with me, they, they weren't in this layoff mode. It, it took several months before I agreed. And then when I finally got to Ford and started, they were at the beginning of these layoffs and uh, they had e even um, uh, had stopped 401k matching right. at the time. Uh, they, they'd stopped a lot of their benefits. Um, and so I was there for three years and at three years, uh, I think I, we ended up laying off oh on my half gosh. my team and, and it was, it was just very painful and I, I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't bring any of the, the uh, the knowledge that I had to that organization, unfortunately. So really, what what Ford had intended for me, it just never really materialized. And so I and I was commuting, by the way, because when when my when I told my wife about you know I'm these layoffs were happening, she goes, "Well, is it is it okay for me to resign my job here at Boeing and come right. to, to Detroit?" and and, and at that time, you know, prior to the me joining, they were planning on hiring my wife as well. But after I started, they were having a, a tough time finding funds right. to hire her. And they were going through all these layoffs. And I don't blame them. They, you know, they, they, they shouldn't have been hiring. And so I ended up just commuting. I, I told my wife not to resign, to stay where she's at. So I was commuting between Detroit and L.A., Detroit and L.A. It was, it was a very commute. tough commute. Door to door, it was about eight hours, and I did it every single weekend. And um, I would um, fly home on Friday night, um, and I would generally leave on Sunday night, and I would take the red eye, land on a Monday, and then, you know, be a little groggy on Monday, but you know, the yeah. rest of the week was fine. But I, at the time I started this, my daughter Sarah was uh about uh seven years old and uh, by the time she was nine she had enough of it and she said dad i need you to stay home you cannot keep going and, my, and by the way if i didn't come home one weekend she was living i think she her, was very her exact upset. words she didn't i like asked me. sarah and her exact words were i don't even remember when you lived here anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's right she she uh, she mentioned that to me as well, and uh, and so that was a that was a uh, yeah. shocker, 
And um, so I, um, I decide I, I can't do this anymore. And uh, I wasn't bringing my family to, to uh, Dearborn and um, I couldn't do the commute anymore. So I actually gave Ford like three months notice. Uh, luckily they found somebody within about a month. And um, uh, so I, I came out and, um, and, and put all my energies yeah. into Sarah. So, um, and you know, I, I, which by the way, the, the, the name Saratech became Saratech after I, I came back. It was, it was, I, I'd incorporated it as Pitafor Industries Inc. So that's the, that's the, that's the corporate name, but I DBA'd it Saratech in honor of my daughter and her influence. I think, I think that's an amazing story. And I love it that I'm a part of that story, sort of. Uh, well, I actually designed the logo, you know, so. So part of Saratech, you, you know, you has my has my <laughs> fingerprints on it. Actually, you you got her business card that That's said right. president. Remember? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember. I remember when when Sarah was that age too. She 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 was a great kid. I mean, she's not a kid anymore. Um, yeah, you know, she's a young woman. Yeah, I still think it was a kid. Of course, as a parent, still. she's yeah, my as, kid. As a parent, you always do. I mean, I. I, yeah, I go talk true. to my mom and, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties yeah. and my mom's like, I still see and you. She calls, kid, you, she calls you know? a kid. <laughs> you right. ever be a child to your parents. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. No, that's, that's, that's right. Some, an amazing story. And, and I love that story. I, yeah. I don't go into depth like you did, but I always tell people, you know, the, 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 how stereotype got started is an amazing story. You know, here's, here's a very successful man who, you know, works for a very prestigious company, gave everything up and want to be with his family, with his daughter. And, and I think that's what it's all about, right? If, if you look at, at everything oh, yeah. that we do, we do it for our family. We do it not just for ourselves. Uh, that's that's what the payoff yeah, is. I think absolutely right. Well, you know, I I think even if you look at a lot of Saratech itself, I think we we try to we we try very hard at least, and we don't always succeed, but we try to make sure we have a good work life balance even within the company. Um, you know, employees uh, hopefully are able to to manage their personal lives well, and uh, also you know grow in their career with Saratech. Um, and so I think it's, it's probably, you know, one of the founding principles of the company. No, I, I think, I think that's very true and very important. Um, you know, especially in, in today's environment where, um, you know, everything is blowing up, everything's an emergency, there's noises everywhere, you know, on the news, on the social media. I think, I think having, a good core group of people who genuinely enjoy working with, with each other makes a huge, huge difference uh, in terms of just yeah. company cultures and, 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 you know, being productive. Uh, so I think that's, that's very key. Yeah. yeah. You know, even when the pandemic hit, I, I don't know. I think we, we had such a uh, robust, you know, um, distributed workforce as well as a robust work from home policy that I don't think it, it wasn't painful for us to go totally remote. Yeah. It was very easy. And 
what's difficult is bringing everyone <laughs> right. back to the office. <laughs> right. Because you, you, you know, everybody's used to, you know, walking up uh, to that computer in their pajamas. <laughs> No, even with free lunch, we can't get rid of the office. That's right. I love the free lunch policy. (laughs) It's great. Well, Saeed, it's been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today and, and, you know, telling some great story about getting to know your family, getting to know the backstory of Saratag, you know, sharing some of your personal information. Uh, I, I think that's what it's all about the connection with people. And I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and, and sharing those things with us. I appreciate it. Thank you, Andy. And thank you very much for putting this series together. I, I hope a lot of people get something out of it. It's fun. It was a lot of fun doing it with you. So uh, uh, thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you, All right.